0: Having been deprived of her childhood, she was significantly more mature than other sixteen year old girls. As Mary confided to the pantry maid that night, Sean's a slippery little bastard, but he never lies to me. He's real popular with them rich bitches in the premier suites, but he likes me to take care of his private needs, so to speak. His sexy shenanigans with them girls earns him a lot of loot, but let's face it, he makes every penny of it on his ruddy knees. And he ain't mean when it comes to paying me for sexual favours. Truth is, I'd fuck him for free anyways. Ah, yes, the tireless wheels of commerce grinding ever onwards in the early part of the 20th century. In an establishment the size of the Hotel Du Barry, it would have been easy to find a vacant bed. But as Sean once informed Mary, All week I labour on quality linen sheets, so for a change I like to get my rucks off with you in the broom closet up against the alley wall, under the stairs or out in the laundry yard. It gets rid of the expensive pong of those debutantes. It doesn't mean I don't respect you, Mary. After days and nights of muff diving, it's the only way I can get the smell of Mitsuko perfume out from under my nostrils. I can taste it. Mary had no reason to doubt him. The whole hotel reeked of the stuff. Sometimes there was a veritable thug of stale Mitsuko clogging up the hydraulic lifts and permeating the corridors. Personal hygiene was not a priority for many of the hotel's filthy new rich, so they compensated with lashings of costly perfumes. It had been the same in Elizabethan England and Louis XIV's court of Versailles. Back to the clothesline. The next person on the scene was Mrs. Bertha Brown, the head housekeeper. She ran the hotel laundry like a crack regiment and was there to check the laundry maids were carrying out their designated duties. Mrs. Brown's years of toil during the Great War had not been wasted. She pointedly ignored the sight of Sean hastily covering his member and paid no attention to Mary's state of undress. For Mrs. Brown only had eyes for the baby. She crooned. Oh, my Lord, what do we have here, eh? Mary, make yourself decent. Sean, put that thing away. I'm surprised it's not worn out. Go fetch our Mr. Blade, quickly now. But Mr. Jim Blade had already arrived. He had the ability to manifest soundlessly, and his burly form cast a big shadow. The sight of an abandoned baby suspended in a pair of ladies' bloomers caused his eyes to glisten with anticipation. Being a true professional, he ignored the tantalising sight of Mary's erect pink nipples. Jim whipped out his hotel detective's notebook, licked a pencil, and wrote, Outcast baby, alive and well, two or three months old, 7.02am, 14th of June 1919, pegged to the Hotel Dubarry clothesline, situated in the Hotel Dubarry courtyard, infant is... Stop that, Jim! Mrs Brown was brisk. Just help me unpeg this little angel. Meantime, Sean can make himself useful and fetch Doc Ahern. For God's sake, everybody, get a move on, and let's make damn sure none of the managers hear about this. Later, Mrs Brown loved to tell everyone that the moment she touched the baby, it stopped crying and smiled at her with complete trust. It was love at first sight, the darling little mite. How anyone could abandon such a dear little thing is beyond me. And those eyes! I've never seen any child before or since in possession of such beauty. There was no way I was ever going to let those officious bastards drag her off to the orphanage. Nobody doubted Bertha Brown's story for a moment. Even if the baby had been a devil child, Bertha would have found her adorable. One unpopular psychiatric theory states that the reason babies smile at complete strangers is because they are born with innate survival instincts. Babies smile at us because they are conniving. They want to optimise their chances of not being eaten alive by predators. While we think they're smiling and chortling with delight, they're actually grimacing desperately in the hope we'll be distracted by their charm. For babies know instinctively that if they endear themselves, we might spare them. The baby was not only spared but mollycoddled and indulged. She was quickly whisked into the cosy warmth of the maid's kitchen where Doc Hearn carefully examined her all over and announced to the little group, It's a girl, probably only about six